Today's episode is with Haley Kane of Haley and the Crushers out of San Luis Obispo. I caught them over at the Viper Room on April 2nd, last Saturday, I think it was. Um, So much fun. We all got to say goodbye to this uh, controversial venue, haunted, um, odd photo policies. And uh, yeah, it was great. Um, Place is weird place has a lot of history and now it's going to be brand new condos that everyone can reminisce over what used to be LA waiting for the whiskey and the Roxy to disappear while we're at it um yeah <laughs> it's really frustrating to see all the best aspects of LA and not saying that the Viper Room is the best thing that LA has to offer it's certainly on a list, however, <clears throat> Amoeba has moved, luckily, not disappeared entirely. Um, I'm thinking about now Claremont, California, where Rhino Records, uh, been around since, what, 77, is now moving because the rent is too high. Because, I'll just say it, people are just too damn greedy and it's just getting out of control we're losing institutions we're losing culture all for money it's gross anyway i had a blast talking to Haley. Uh, we talked music influence listening habits we nerded out over nerding out the band is on their way to Detroit for a final move, and they are going to be touring on Vintage Millennial, their latest album, and this latest cut is Kiss Me So I Can from that album. Enjoy. If there's time, can't seem to find it, rushing here and there, never anywhere,
how's it going? Um, pretty good. I just got done with that Viper Room show, which you were at, right? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say hi. I lost you in the crowd and I had to take off. I met your drummer, though. I bought the record from him. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah of course. If, you, if anyone knows, it is a very storied, apparently haunted venue. But the one thing that I found the most like notable about it was it was very hard to get to any place like to get out into the van, you had to go downstairs into like another bar and then through a door and then go through to get to the outside. So I felt like oh. I was in route to the van, in route to the bathroom or trying to get to the merch area, <laughs> <laughs> which is like every uh, musician's plight, right? You're just like, I need to be at five places at once. So And um, here's a long staircase, double staircase totally. for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's always cool. Like, I mean, a lot of times you do interviews and the people maybe they haven't seen you live or whatever, but like, I feel like we just saw, we just missed each other a couple of days ago. So it's cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> and also I thought they opened the front door for you guys to load in. No, no, but there was a disco ball. So <laughs> that was nice. <laughs> that was, that's in my writer. Actually, there has to be a disco ball, at least one disco ball. <laughs> I'm sure they're happy to accommodate. <laughs> Next, you've got to play. I think uh, DC nine in Washington, DC has a disco ball. Mm. It's gotta if be not, nice. I'm sure they'll get you one. Okay. <laughs> we should just come with our own little one and we can just bring that to our shows. No, that's what the writer's for. Right. <laughs> Let them take care of you. It's hilarious. <laughs> there is no writer. <laughs> oh, no? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I've seen artist writers every now and then that are just so funny. Um, I learned recently that the whole who was it Black Sabbath had the all brown M&Ms rule right. or all green M&Ms, something like that. It was meant to just see if the producers were paying attention. Right. And it which, wasn't just because they were sticklers about M&Ms. Which is not a bad idea. And it is one of those things where you take that knowledge and you use it. I don't have a writer, but I definitely do little things where I'm trying to figure out like, did the person put the flyers up in the town that we're going to? You know what I mean? And you, yeah. you do have to have your your little ways of figuring that out. Yeah. How do you figure out flyers? That's an interesting one. Oh, God. That seems flyers. like a pain on your end. They, are, they really are. Um, so wherever we go, we make physical flyers. My bass player slash life partner, Dr. Mm. Esquire, um, <laughs> creates most of the designs and we have them printed cost a little bit of money to make the color ones 11 by 17 then we send them we li literally physically mail them out to a person and <laughs> find out what address you know either it goes out to the venue and it's it's attention to the booker or the promoter or it goes to a specific other band we're playing with to their house or their place of work and uh I don't know I mean I I hunt these people down and try to figure out where where can I physically get this to you so that there will be a flyer up which mm -hmm. I guess is kind of old school but it's still, do. <laughs> in fact, I feel like there's less, so there's less flyers out there because everyone's online, right? So mm. if you do have a flyer up, I'm more inclined when I'm in a city and I see a cool flyer, I'm like, who are these people that are, yeah. flyers? you know, <laughs> that's my, I always hope that it's working, but you know, I'm sure that the internet ads and all that stuff are like the more, you know, normal way to go. It's more efficient for okay. sure, but <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. If I see a flyer, I'm like, all right, somebody busted out the wheat paste. I have to show some respect to this band who like Absolutely. did the and footwork. You like, and yeah, you always feel like kind of a nerd too, like putting up your flyer. You, like no one's noticing you. That's the thing. Like, of course, no one's noticing what you're doing, but like 
you think someone's noticing you like putting the flyer up in the coffee shop or anywhere. It's yeah. like, who gives a shit? It's cool. Just promote your shit. Just promote. I, I couldn't think of a moment, like a single time I've seen somebody actually do it. They're just up. They're just out. <laughs> exactly. That's how mm. it works. Um, mm. I used to do a little zine here in slow San Luis Obispo, California, where we currently reside mm. for now. And um, I would drop them off and I never really wanted my face attached to the zine um, but I would be very covert in like every place that I put them. And I always was like trying to go at certain hours where there weren't people. Cause I just wanted the zines to be this magical thing that just appeared. And I don't know if that's because I was shy about it or because I just thought it was more like exciting, but, mm. uh, I like that, you know, that's yeah. one of the cool things about DIY culture. It's all these little magical elements that come together that really no one asked for, but <laughs> They're just in the world now, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the I love those. bathroom. Yeah, like all the stickers up, you know? Anyway, sorry. Oh, yeah. to- oh no, no, no. Uh, I was sure to get photos of the bathroom, too. Somebody was looking at me like, what are you doing? Um, <laughs> I didn't, they weren't in the bathroom when I was taking the photos. But like, I was like, this is like the last two weeks or so that this venue is going to be open. So uh, yeah. I just did some panoramas of those and might, might put them in a book or something. Uh, nice. But they have, I, I've. it's rare that you see like, floor to ceiling covered in in stickers there's always space somewhere but uh this one i mean it's been around long enough yeah that it's just completely covered i mean that was, that's a good punk rock bathroom someone should google that google it so you yeah. can start talking I'll post about them. <laughs> right, right red walls and like all the stickers and mm-hmm. i mean there's a lot of punk rock bathrooms out there uh that are covered in human fluids <laughs> it's a pretty dirty you know la punk club hollywood punk club but yeah i, I was also <laughs> impressed by uh the placement and just yeah there was some sort of um je ne sais quoi about that punk bathroom I mm-hmm. agree. yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love that place I, I i love that place i've only been there twice and i'm like man now that i see another show here i'm like man i want to go to more shows here and you know it's too late. When things are ending, that's when um, you notice all the wonderful things about where you live or like we're leaving to go to Detroit in a few days, we're moving there and it's like ridiculous. The weather, I mean, you're in LA, so you know, mm. the weather today, it's warm, it's beautiful. The wind smells like flowers and perfume and you're just like, really? Like this, it has to be so sweet right before it goes away. But I think that's how a lot of venues are too. I know I've experienced that in my own town here in Slow. Mm. You know, when um, the original Slow Brew closed and a lot of the mid to upper level bands and uh, punk bands that were coming through stopped coming, I knew it was going to be a really hard thing and really, you know, terrible. But it was always like that, those last couple shows, we played the last show there. Like I was like, I just this can't end like this is what I want like the community rallies around these like you know moments you know yeah I I know what you mean Mm. it's like once you see a venue is going under or a business you're just like I don't know I'm pretty nostalgic myself I don't know about you but I just I think like no this can't be I have Mm -hmm. to like you to to support this yeah oh for sure yeah Yeah. uh (laughs) yeah I mean I'm in Pomona um outside of LA and uh there was this venue called Aserogami that it was the same thing, but we had only heard rumors that they were closing down and that, or that they were going to stop doing shows, but nobody really knew the date. And Ooh. one day they just took the stage out and we're like, that's it. Okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And then soon after the bar itself closed and we're like, what, <laughs> what happened? Right. You know, and it just disappeared. 
especially right now in the COVID times, I mean, I'm sure everybody is aware of that, but you know, venues are struggling more than ever, especially these smaller clubs that we play. We don't play these giant clubs. So mm. yeah, it'll be interesting when we go on tour in a few weeks to see how some of these um, smaller clubs are faring. We haven't mm. been out in about two, two years, 2008, 19. So it's just the wild, wild world out there, and we're just ready for anything. Oh, so you haven't, uh, so this is like the very beginning uh, of your tour. Oh, so yeah, we're just, we're moving out to Detroit. Um, mm. So we decided, why not just throw a tour in there? Mm. Woo! Um, we did the Viper Room yeah. as a one-off, um, and yeah, we just were going to do uh, Ohio, Indiana, uh, Pennsylvania, and New York, and mm. just kind of do a little loop-de-loop around Detroit what well, you know we're moving out to Detroit because it is so centrally located it's really great for touring we've done two tours out of there already that were really fun you know the mm. west coast can kind of feel a little bit like its own island sometimes for us and so um we're just going to do like a two-week thing out there and you know it's it's like I said it, we have no idea like what we don't even know we haven't even toured on our last full-length album or seven inch so it's interesting to see, like, did anybody listen to it? <laughs> like, <laughs> are people gonna, you know, you just don't know. It's it's yeah. like, it's an exercise in like letting go of expectations and in free falling a little bit and just knowing that like, you're doing it for the right reasons. You're doing it because you want to play this music for if 10 people show up or if 50 people or one person. Mm -hmm. uh, we're really back at square one. And I think a lot of bands can relate to that. So are you on that note, just ever booking a show somewhere that, like you didn't look into the numbers or anything. Any, anybody listening in, I don't know, Terre Haute, Indiana, you just book a show there and see what happens. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you break into a new market, that's, that's the game, right? You mm -hmm. just kind of hope, but we found a lot of, um, a lot of the cities we're hitting on this tour, at least half of them, we've definitely played at least twice. And um, we, I think that an interesting concept uh, about, being kind of big in your own area to mm -hmm. just garbling this, but um, we're a California band from, and we're in California. And when you take that California band, you put it in the Midwest, something happens where there's something a little, you know, exotic about that or something. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's more of a momentum sometimes when you get out of your own area. And that's something I had to grapple with over a few years and just go, you know what, maybe that's okay. Like, you know, maybe we're just going to be that fun, happy, you know, weird, eccentric California band. And we're going to be not living by the coast and mm -hmm. that's okay. We're going to bring that, you know, to a new place, you know? It's nice. Cause it, you live in such an idyllic area, right? Slow is that, Ooh, that God. place. Right? <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, I mean, think of Berkeley, think of Santa Barbara, you know, all these just it's a very affluent college town mm. it's very white there are it is it is embarrassingly white <laughs> and one thing that um dr kane and i both really felt strongly about is we, we went to new york um a couple months ago we'd already felt like we wanted to like shake it up and move somewhere um but we 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 were around more cultures in one subway ride in like 15 minutes than like 10 years in this area mm. and i think it it now that I'm moving, I'm like, I want to just tell everybody that like, this is a white ass place. And, <laughs> and, and I know there's so much talk in this world about being in echo chambers and being in bubbles. And like, it is so absolutely true. If you're not mm -hmm. colliding against other people and other cultures and ways of living, even, you know, especially people you don't agree with, then you're never going to really grow like mentally, or, I mean, 
spiritually. Like you kind of have mm-hmm. to like be, I, I'm sure you understand that. I mean, oh, you, yeah. live in, I mean, in an interesting, you know, area. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we do live in this idea. Like, like if, if anyone wants to look up slow, look up Madonna Inn. We live right near Madonna Inn. That's called, the, it's like the pink palace. And it is, Oh wow. <laughs> that will help you to understand. <laughs> it's like a Disneyland. It's like a Disneyland for white wine, flip flops and Tommy Bahama. Wow. Yeah. Does that explain the shirts then? <laughs> that the guys are wearing yeah so I started <laughs> off wearing I used to wear a swimsuit on stage and like a vintage swimsuit and the guys would wear Hawaiians and uh mm. I think originally we had a bit more of a surfy sound uh, mm. we still incorporate a lot of like that surf beat and um you know some of the guitar tones are definitely a lot more surfy live uh, more reverby and we just kind of owned that and decided there was another thing too but the Hawaiians was like everyone's trying to be cool and maybe it'd be fun to like not be cool so <laughs> we cultivate it also we're not cool so we're like let's cultivate that and like what's the most dorky thing you could wear to a show <laughs> this is before like the white power people came out in the what were they wearing yeah hawaiian <laughs> shirts <laughs> no not, the, not that, the ones uh dr kane and your drummer no, were wearing but uh and we're phrasing out the wines now because um, we feel like in a in a COVID world, like it almost feels a little weird. And we're mm. all trying to figure out like, what even is this? Like our new album, it's so, it's so different. There's so much, um, there's so much angst there and darkness. And we're just reflecting. I mean, even like for the bands that consider themselves more poppy, like we do or happy, you know, that's kind of our vibe. Like we're all really affected by what's going on like it's it's a trip you know yeah yeah I mean for example did you catch any shows during COVID when people were playing shows a little, or did you uh stick um, around? I saw the Descendants and that was really cool uh mm. out here when they played mm. um that was actually very cool that that made me very very happy mm. it was an outdoor venue um out here in uh, Paso um, I didn't really go to that many shows. No, I didn't. I didn't mm. see that many bands. Um, I really avoided like a lot of the, you know, people. Did you, yeah. Did you go to shows? Uh, I I wanted to, but there were a lot of like there's some like gritty punk shows in San Bernardino that during the mask like the first mask period where we were like wear the mask or we're all gonna die sort of thing. Um, none of these punks are wearing masks, <laughs> right? And they're all spitting beer on each other, and it's just these backyard shows when and I'm like I'm not gonna risk it I don't know what's going on and it became that like depressing like like you said this affected everybody right this affected us in a in a very deep way especially people who go to shows and want to be around other people and everything um so you get tempted by those things but you eventually just eh, yeah wait it out and see uh Sounds like a lot of kind of the early shows I played when I was in um, an all-girl band when I was in Redondo at Redondo Union High School when mm. I was 16. We would play these rowdy backyard shows in like <clears throat> Southgate, Wilmington, uh, Compton area, like or around <laughs> Compton, Inglewood. Like we were playing all these places in the early 2000s. And mm. it's funny that you say it's like what you just described because it's like exactly what I remember um, mm. as a youngin was like literally people just like vomiting beer into each other's mouths <laughs> like, yeah. like crazy pits and the grandma you know was always outside like taking a dollar for the beer and the family was all involved and it was always like, <laughs> this weird backyard like lawless like 
cars in the backyard and like someone has a fire going and like you just think like yeah this might be the wrong place to be during COVID <laughs> um yeah, yeah, yeah. because they don't give a fuck <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm probably cussing a lot. I'm don't mean to. It oh, you're totally good. This is the tumbles out of my mouth. <laughs> I wish I was had a better word for that. Um, but that's well, sometimes that's the word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of these punk shows. Yeah, I mean, how punk can you be with a mask on? So you gotta. Yeah. You gotta understand that. Yeah. No, I totally. I feel you. I wouldn't have ventured out there at all. No. No mm. way. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, sir. I saw a show at The Smell um, I don't know, a few months ago, and speaking of people vomiting over each other, it's like the singer uh, of this band, um, he's he's drumming first off, and he's just going nuts, really just this hardcore punk band, and uh, he eventually just takes to the mic and starts gagging himself to throw up on the crowd, and <laughs> he can't get anymore because he had done this the night before, apparently. This uh, photographer friend of mine, he's like, oh, I just saw him last night and he was doing it. He, he, I guess he can't get much out today. So oh, he's like no. trying to just kind of like spittling over the crowd. And I'm like, and I look over, I see some people wearing masks in the crowd. I'm like, I don't know if this is going to help. <laughs> I don't know if it matters anymore. Yeah. If, if, if Gigi Allen is on your wall and you worship him, this is not the time for that. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> down, all the Bali fluids going back in. Back in. Yeah. No, sure, totally. It's That's just part weird. of the vapor now. Like, yeah, it's just part God. of the air. I mean, I don't even shake hands anymore. I'm just, at shows, you know, you, you walk in and you like try to meet everyone. And I just, I just don't even do it. I just, I feel like that's going to go away too. And mm. maybe it has to for a while, but I'm going to try to be like as safe as I can be. And mm. you know, while touring which is kind of an oxymoron. <laughs> I realize that. <laughs> it's going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. But I think you can handle it. <laughs> yeah. Detroit's going to be interesting. I've never been. Um, I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to catch some, so catch some shows out there. Well, yeah. now you got a friend in Detroit. Hell yeah. <laughs> Down. Yeah. Um, so what kind of, or what, what venues did you go to uh, growing up in, in, you grew up in Slow, right? Um, I grew up partly here and partly down south. So like oh, okay. Beach, Hermosa Beach, I lived in Torrance for a little bit. Uh, we used to go to the, okay, so we lived in South Bay and I went to Redondo Union High School, but we would, mm. uh, me and my girlfriends would go over um, to Hollywood and we would go to the Knitting Factory and see all these amazing bands in the key club and the Wiltern. Mm. I remember seeing Motorhead at the Wiltern. Oh my <sighs> God. Dave Grohl was, um, he was stage diving and um, Triple H or whoever that wrestler was, was like, <laughs> and the, the fact that, that we were able to go from like this sleepy beach town and just go over to Hollywood where there's bacon wrapped hot dogs and everything smells so different it's like where's the beach I can't even smell the salt anymore you know <laughs> going to these amazing venues and I, I came up in I'm, I'm 34 now so I came up in the punk scene in the early early-ish 2000s and I don't know if you remember that time but there was a lot of like 80s punk bands reuniting mm -hmm. a lot of British punk bands coming to the U.S. to do shows yeah. a lot of them were pretty shitty I know <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing the lurkers um at um I guess it was knitting factory um 
and yeah, like there were several songs that they were just like, oi, we, we don't remember any of the words. So, <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> as a kid, you know, we, my group of friends anyways, we loved, we, we loved like the South Bay bands, you know, your circle jerks or black flags or descendants and all that. Mm-hmm. But we also really loved like all the old British 77, you know, eighties bands that were like coming over and yeah. it very, it was kind of a cool time to do that. So I was going to a lot of Hollywood venues. And then, like I said, a lot of like these, these um, backyard shows that I wish I like knew where the hell we, like we were in Lawndale, we were in (laughs) or or, um, wherever. And these like backyard places and I got my good friend, Lindsay, who was in the band with me, she's like the scribe. So I'll text her every once in a while and be like, Hey, like, where did we see that? You know, she'll tell me. Oh, that's Um, awesome. 40s and we would just play in backyards and go to these backyard shows and um the teen center in Redondo Beach I mean that Mm. was our first show and yeah so I mean there's plenty of venues down south I haven't been to yet because I I moved back here in my early 20s Mm -hmm. and just kind of isolated myself and started making music so um I started making more music than I was probably going to um but yeah Mm. All right, probably over answered that question, but not at all. <laughs> I and like, like GBH and stuff, you know, like they would come out, and I remember um, stage diving for them. What venue was that? I was just going to say GBH. Fonda, I wonder if you saw them. Fonda, the, the Fonda Theater. Um, that was amazing. I don't know if you remember, like there was like Holidays in the Sun and all these like festival things that would happen, and all these British bands and I got to go over to England um, with a friend when when I was about 19 and I went to rebellion festival and I was like, Whoa, like first time seeing the damned, you know, all really seminal. Yeah. And they're still playing, you know, you can see them now quite a bit. And I miss them every time. You do. Okay. (laughs) Every single time. Dude. Okay. Well you need to try harder because they really do play quite a bit. They were Um, like the first, the first CD I ever bought from Dr. Strange records in Altaloma, California. Oh, my, my good friend loves Dr. Strange and works with them a little bit. That's cool. Um, uh, what album was it? Uh, it was the, the black album. And then oh. I got, uh, damn, damn, damned. Shortly that was after. Yeah. That was Classic. huge. Yeah. I, I, I was extremely influenced by them. I got that. I was well, started listening to that. I was stealing it off LimeWire. Remember LimeWire? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was four it? computers. Totally. <laughs> computer guy so he's like and this is the computer in the house to like download pirated music <laughs> um but yeah uh the damned I think what's so like now that I look back at the damned and like why they are so influential and why so many people like of different genres and backgrounds love them it's like it is so much of a like it's it's a rock but also a punk together and they can't they're so intertwined and it can't be taken apart like there's so much rock and roll to them there's so yeah. much pure rock and roll as well as that super punk chaotic vibe Mm -hmm. and they're kind of cut across so many genres like you talk to so many people they're like oh the damned of course whereas you know some other punk bands are going to be so much more like you know polarizing but the damn yeah yeah and i I was always really influenced by them as well that's Mm -hmm. cool oh yeah i love the damned uh even like Speaking of their just eclectic sound, like Phantasmagoria and was yeah. it Music for Pleasure, I think that was another one. Yeah. Um, uh, did you, so you like the later stuff? I like some of the later stuff. That's where it gets like super gothy, right? And like, that's yeah. when you ask, when you ask a goth, you know, yeah. uh, if they like the Damned, they'll like those albums and like, oh, maybe the Black Album or maybe Damn, 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 maybe Machine Gun. Like, oh, so <laughs> <awful>. <laughs> 
that's what his hair was like all the way out yeah. here like so, <laughs> like bride of frankenstein and yes so you know. when i was 14 my boyfriend and i um drove his 82 subaru wagon down to the <clears> ventura <throat> theater or was it ventura theater or someplace someplace in ventura now i'm just old and I don't remember anything but um, <laughs> I remember driving his car and not knowing how to use the stick shift and yet for some reason oh, I was driving stick because that's how all the memories go it's like why was I doing that anyway <laughs> it was damned and it was like the damned with like the newly reformed misfits whatever mm. and um Patricia Morrison had a fan in front of her that was blowing her luscious black hair and I remember oh, wow. looking at her and thinking god she's like goddess and then <laughs> um i did manage to shake david banian's hand uh, uh, and during that night and he had the whole full get up and that was that had to be like early 2000s and i feel like that was probably one of the most like um iconic moments for me of mm. early punk shows and stuff um speaking of the damned wow. yeah i love that a friend <laughs> of mine just told me a story recently catching uh the addicts back mid-aughts early aughts something like that at the showcase mm -hmm. in uh corona back, back mm -hmm. then um and getting a big kiss from uh from a uh, monkey okay. yeah <laughs> just like makeup <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and then a similar one do you remember uh demented argo oh sure yeah. okay yeah going in that direction and yeah another another friend got the same thing and she like she didn't wash her face that whole week <laughs> oh my god yeah because it was just oh. like i maybe he had a bloody lip maybe it was just lipstick but she just left <laughs> it on there and then she had some gunk on her glasses <laughs> just one of those. Recommend. that's so unsanitary people <laughs> yeah think of all this stuff too it's like things like that that are just probably off limits to a lot of people now yeah. like out of the question those are just everyone sweating on each other. That's all it is. And that's yeah. why we're here. You know? <laughs> that's <people> why I, <laughs> I was wondering if shows were going to come back because it's like, those are, if you're worried about germs, it's the last place you want to be. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of over it, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I've enjoyed so much just like making music in the studio and that process that it did kind of make anyone who was on the fence or burned out with shows be like, yeah take it or leave it but you know <laughs> last few weeks after the tour I'll be like all jazzed and ready to like you know get back out there but mm -hmm. I, I think sometimes it's a little overrated like I, I wish that we had like breakfast shows or like day shows or like shows at like bowling out like there's a lot of shows at bowling alleys but like shows that like where people can do things while the show is happening it's in the daytime yeah. like I don't want to live like a vampire like David <laughs> <laughs> um that's like, why does my night have to end at 3 a.m yeah. that's you know i'm we have a record called vintage millennial for mm. a reason you know i'm an old millennial and a lot of my yeah but yeah <laughs> you did it love um, it a lot of my friends say the same thing they're like Haley, i love you but like you're going out at 11 30 sorry <laughs> you know? yeah i'm 33 nowadays it's like if the party starts after nine it's like where is it right like, uh, where, who's going what are we right. doing <laughs> you I do envy you because you have a a, a job when you go out shows you get to take photos right or yeah, like yeah. you have your camera I think there's something so freeing about going to a show but and being in the audience but having a job yeah having something else to do right like I'm, you said or bowling or you know taking photos or something like that 
maybe that's an ADHD thing where it's like, you have to be doing eight things, but I 100%. love, the, I'm always jealous of the photographer. I'm like, oh, they get to, they're like enjoying the music, but they're also like getting a sick photo and they're like, ooh, this angle's cool. And like, yeah, <laughs> I can't really just be in the moment that much when I'm at a concert. I'm usually mm -hmm. thinking like, oh, the sound could be better or like, I don't know, like I have to, I have to pee again, uh, you know, mm. I'm <laughs> not as fun as I used to be, but I also don't drink as much as I used to. So mm. that's probably part of it. But that's also, yeah, that's one of those, you know, itchy finger things that you do like, oh, I'll just have another drink or I'll stand by the bar for a little while or move around or whatever. Yes. I went to a show with a friend uh, recently and he was, he's a musician and he was just like picking apart all the things that they did wrong. <laughs> like that was his thing to do. And he's like, they didn't mic up the bass and, and the sound guy doesn't know what he's doing. And he's just like, <laughs> he's got I'm like, all right, I got to go run. I'll take pictures. So that sounds like Dr. Kane, totally to a T. Yeah. <laughs> if he had a checklist, like if he was just a cop, he'd just be like, sound guy's wearing flip-flops. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like, you know, he'd be like, uh, guitar player noodled about 2.5 seconds too long. Uh, <laughs> now, drummer, drummer dropped the beat at 3.2, you know, minutes. Like he would be that guy. And it's not that he's a dick. It's, I mean, it's a little bit, but it's, it, it, it's, nervous. it's like, if your brain is that overactive, I mean, that's why yeah. I think artists do what they do. I mean, you're an artist, you know, like mm. you have extra going on. So you got to do more than just the normal stuff. Yeah. And you can't just like, you know, enjoy the show. Like, I'd like to, person. but <laughs> I'd like to just stand there and just enjoy it, soak it in. And me too. But it's like, man, it depends on who's playing. If it's slow, oh man. Ooh. Not not talking shit, but I went to see cigarettes after sex with my girlfriend. Do you know them? No. Oh, uh, they're this like just melodic, slow ass band, beautiful music, but don't go if you're tired, because she fell asleep in my arms standing up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that band does kind of sound like that like, like it would be like a velvet underground esque thing or something oh yeah with no distortion like yeah. nothing sped up yeah beautiful music but you know yeah. again don't go without a cup of coffee yeah. <laughs> or cigarettes oh. with your coffee would make sense yeah <laughs> even better <laughs> unless you're a vapor now Ugh. everybody's vaping everyone's vaping <laughs> i don't know what these kids are up to uh, things got easier and more complicated since <laughs> since we were growing up they certainly did mm. now it's all robot cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> robot cigarettes now they're i just saw that they're advertising nicotine pills have you seen that lately and i'm like man they jumped on that quick like because it's a nootropic wow. i guess and it's like you know it could help with your brain and all that but help you focus and stuff. I guess there's like some benefit that they're pushing now. And it's, wow, that train wasn't late. That's dystopian. Yeah, right. Straight to the source. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're like, oh, I don't like smoking cigarettes, but I can't focus at work. So I just eat this gum or pop. They're like little tiny pills. And then yeah. I don't know how I feel about that yet. Actually, yeah. I mean, I might have to come back to that because then you're not chewing and you're not smoking. Yeah. I mean, it is the lesser of those evils but way also, lesser apparently the people making money off of these pills are probably not great guys and gals like no <laughs> <laughs> it's still you know <laughs> philip morris <laughs> yeah. yeah you know making their money yeah uh so who's uh who's been on rotation lately oh for me yeah i've been listening almost exclusively to um rain sounds brain sounds yeah literally no, brain story 
literally going on Spotify and listening to rain, like therapeutic rain sounds. Oh, rain sound. I think you meant rain sounds. No, I'm not even joking. Literally rain sounds. And also there are these spiritual, like not spiritual. There's like these, these, they're like, they take away negative energy. I know Mm. it doesn't work. This is some hippie crap. (laughs) But I have to tell you, I'm so stressed out with this move and everything Mm -hmm. that I can't even listen to music right now i'm literally listening to like birds chirping or like next it'll be whales but (laughs) (laughs) Um, i'm with you (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it's really actually quite embarrassing i was thinking well i did get my um spotify top ones and um i was pretty embarrassed by it because (laughs) not only it's a lot of like 60s exotica music which i've been really into lately Mark mm. Denny, um, Esquivel, I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, just really very jazzy, not even jazzy, like uh, like uh, ambient, mm. ambient, weird, lush, orchestral, like Herb Alpert kind of thing, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. I've been listening to a lot of that. Nice. I've been finding that too on Spotify. Is it Spotify, but mostly uh, YouTube. YouTube's been oh. coming in... Uh, pretty well with like the suggested videos and it's a lot of that stuff too it's a lot of like it's either the singing bowls uh, yeah. people just like singing doing the singing bowl thing I forgot what it's actually called yeah yeah like the sound yeah <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And which I'm totally with you I love that I'll be watching that you know as I'm trying to fall asleep and then it yeah. just it just works yeah. trippy dreams and it's amazing it it works um but then it comes it really with uh it comes with like 60s 70s japanese folk funk and things like that i I gotta i've got a list i'll send you some stuff um it's really cool stuff yeah just things i would have never found in the wild i don't think you know yeah i mean sometimes you just need that but also like motown like we've been kind of preparing for our detroit move with listening to some old motown some old kind of um, soul music and stuff like that. It's been really like very soothing around here. There hasn't been much punk. There hasn't been much, um, you know, anything like that on the turntable. It's been very like groovy. Like mm-hmm. we're just in a groovy state of mind right now over here. What That's about you? Nice. Uh, well, first off, Vintage Millennial. I've been having it on for <laughs> for a couple weeks now. Um, oh That's awesome. Oh yeah, love it. Thank this- you. We need those Spotify plays. Oh, you've got them. You'll get more. I'm going to keep it going. That's awesome. <laughs> and who's been up? I've been listening to, it's been so many different things. You know, you know how it goes. It's, you know, what's hard is when you're just really into like a bunch of different things a little bit and you don't mm-hmm. have that one band you're obsessed with because oh. I feel like I've been bouncing around too. Which is good, right? It's a good, it's a good, like to have good listening habits. You don't want to get stuck on the same thing. You want to kind of go around and explore yeah um i've been listening to this band alien nose job oh yeah they're you know great them? oh I'm my god I've, i just I've discovered re- them i've, re- I've recommended <laughs> some people too because they also cut through they're like if you're into like weird rock post-punk punk just you know ramonesy kind of shit like you're gonna love that yeah, yeah great and they're all over the place too they did like this sort of like new wavy kind of punk piano stuff yeah super cool yeah really interesting i just somehow they just popped up and i was like oh my god i just went through the whole thing you know all their work on yeah oh i will throw one out there i want to throw a shout out actually it's a local band dante alafonte from 
They're from Lompoc or Santa Barbara, and they have an album called Mid-Century Modern Romance. Mm. And that is the grooviest, funkiest. It's got a little disco to it, but it's got vocals. It's not just a instrumental, and it's very good, good for long drives. And that's great. So there I can actually throw a band out there, and it's a local band. I think they used to play uh, uh, Pomona every now and then. I'm, oh, I just nice. remember them on the bill, uh, uh, on bill, many bills. Um, nice. Yeah, they they were really cool. They're they remind really me of, um, uh, who was it? Do you remember Chola Orange at all? They haven't played in a while. No, that sounds cool though. Oh, you got to check them out. Kind of like that, kind of like psych punk but then groovy just kind of jazzy stuff like they kind of explored a lot of avenues and they would play a lot of small venues it was really interesting because like they could have probably played a bigger one but you're glad that they only played this like 150 cap place because it's packed to like shoulder to shoulder and everybody's into it and it's just one of those like the memorable ones you know cool yeah, well, I feel like I should answer this question for Dr. Kane. So um, mm-hmm. I know he's been listening to the new Charger record a lot. That's um, Matt Freeman from Rancid's new band. Mm, okay. Their new album is called War Horse. And I've been, li- so it's been in direct opposition of like all my relaxing things I've been trying to do. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been blasting that in the van too, much to, much to me just being like, eh, like. <laughs> it's funny because I'm normally such a just straight, basically I listen to a lot of punk and a lot mm. of rock and lately I've just really been feeling like I just need to be swaddled in like feel-good vibes you know mm. that like when you're a big life change yeah and that's been good except when I put on oldies radio I find myself tearing up a bit because you know I'm moving and these songs that come on like this one song um is it easy like Sunday morning do you know that one? Oh yeah the Commodores yes the Commodores mm. That one came on and it like destroyed me because it was so beautiful. <laughs> and he's talking about leaving and I'm just like, I need the oldies right now, but I'm also like, it's it hurts, but it feels good. You know, sometimes you need something like that, that like it's melancholy in the same way that you are like an old country song or something like an old Hank Williams oh, song. Yeah. It just really hits right. Mm-hmm. Something you didn't remember from childhood until you heard it again. And, mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's good. Oh, I got a story about that. When I was in high school, I found this CD outside of the gym. I was like leaving the gym, um, PE, and it just said unknown scribbled on it. And I take it home. It's all scratched up. I put it on my computer, see what it is. And it sounds like Billy Corgan. And I'm like, is this, uh, that, it sounds like that band I heard when I was a kid. Um, and I keep going through it, going through it. I found out it's a, a door, if you know, uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, yeah. yeah, their album, A Door, is just one of my favorites. And because, you know, from that day. And I was like, man, this is beautiful. I can't believe I just found this on the ground. And But I didn't recognize any of those songs. I had gone and gotten onto LimeWire to download more. And I got Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. And I hear 1979, the quintessential. Oh. And I'm like, I just got hit in the face with nostalgia. I started tearing up. I was like, I'm nine years old again. Oh my God. And this one house that I loved and just one of those, you know? Yeah. I love that. I love that you just found it on the ground. There's something so magical about that to go back to like the, just the magic of like discovering something like that. That's so. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. It's one of those great moments. Yeah. 
Never yeah. forget that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at the artwork for Charger. That's that's some great artwork. Yeah. <laughs> I like these demon dogs. It's like motherhead and like discharge, had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's really cool i mean sleeping around with an epsi yeah. yeah it's 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 pretty good i mean i'm enjoying it but i'm just in a weird state right now um, oh i'm all about it. have you seen those videos on youtube have you come across those of like music for adhd and oh, things yeah. like that yeah oh, i love that <laughs> yeah they're amazing i'm like oh my god it works we need to make one. So actually, Dr. Kane actually took a couple of our songs and did sort of like a surf guitar version of a lot of it. It's very instrumental. He's used glockenspiel. So there's a lot of oh, wow. know, chimey, 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 almost like a fairy or something. It's like very magical sounding. And mm. I use that word a lot for some reason. But um, <laughs> he, he's kind of creating this very like, I feel like it would be something that someone with ADHD would listen to. <laughs> do that next. And then we can do an ASMR one after that. Oh, that'd be something. Really break into that new market <laughs> it's all you just opening packets of strings and <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah crinkling like cheese packets or something i don't know i come across are you on tiktok at all there's a lot of those people instagram, instagram yeah you'll find it on instagram yes. too people just like doing this like yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I i can't i can't with the tiktok right now but it's very uh it doesn't help adhd that's for sure yeah. Um, I haven't been diagnosed, by the way. I'm hmm. trying to get diagnosed, but I mean, anyone who knows me thinks that I'm probably. Okay. I feel like if if you think you have it, you probably have it, right? That should be all it takes. I yeah. <laughs> like if I cannot focus to save my life and this yeah. coffee isn't doing it, there's something else going on. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I can. I feel that very heavily. Right now. <laughs> Thank you for seeing me. I feel very seen. <laughs> I'm right there with you. That's why I'm listening to all those or watching all those videos. Yeah. <laughs> um, who's your uh, Who's your bucket list co-headliner? Child, what? <laughs> Is this something you do to everyone? Oh my gosh. Not everyone. <laughs> oh God. Bucket list co-headliner. That being said, I definitely want to see you and the, whoever it is in well, Detroit <laughs> I mean one of the the bands that really really did it for me and still does it for me that like got me into playing guitar and and just I still find them so amazing live is X mm -hmm. and I feel like that is a thing that could actually happen so it feels even more real like yeah play together you could totally uh, make that happen mm. So I played the um, Gretsch, the Sparkle Silver Gretsch, you know, in honor of Billy Zoom. And mm. uh, I have a big thing for Billy Zoom and everybody in X. I love X. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like that would be a dream come true just because I feel like the, you know, 13 or 14 year old me that was like learning, you know, Johnny Hit and Run Pauline on guitar and listening to Los Angeles and, and all that would be like really stoked on that. And I feel like that's what's coming to mind but mm. I imagine immediately after this I'll be like crap I should have said that <laughs> should have said um, GBH yeah oh god you <laughs> I mean yeah I mean I guess I could take them now now that they're really old I could probably outplay them now but <laughs> how dare I say that out loud but, um, there's I mean, a few of those out so there many amazing like icons of um of music like female icons that I really respect one of them mm. being Dolly Parton Loretta Lynn, Debbie Harry, mm -hmm. my label mate, Josie Cotton, who is 
basically the most talented, one of the most talented people I know in terms of like her singing ability and her taste and her um, arrangements. She's so talented. I mean, I'll probably play with her at some point, but like there's all these grand women, like in my dream for this question, I'm wearing a sequin ball gown and we're like doing like a Grammy performance and we're singing and we're like, there's not even a band with me. It's just me. And I'm Mm. Dolly Parton or something (laughs) like like that, you know, because I I do, I think that I always emulated those kind of um, ballad, those women that, that really told it like it was owned who they were. Mm-hmm. Sang, it, sang it hard you know like so all those people rolled into one nice nice That's my answer <laughs> great <laughs> answer <laughs> on that note who do you um who do you feel like you never gave more more attention to that you want to give more attention to artist wise uh say you you wish you listened to more you uh weren't paying attention back when you heard them and oh. now you're like oh man i need to go and you're still not doing it but you Can want I to go that's like the best question because exactly what you said, like, it's the thing that you know you should listen to, but you are still aren't doing it. I relate mm. so much to that. <laughs> um, I'm going to say a whole genre, um, uh, the replacements and that yeah, entire yeah. genre of college, like what became like college rock and like mm-hmm. indie rock and alternative rock or whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. never got into any of that. And I love, I don't know if you know, no dogs in space podcast. No, I don't. okay no dogs in space they do they dissect these um these you know kind of groundbreaking bands whether it's the velvet underground or the stooges or um beastie boys different genres and stuff they're doing the replacements right now oh and i'm listening and i I always knew i need to listen to the replacements i'm like okay i know right (laughs) i'm like oh my god like this is not only is it like furious and like very in your face and very like punk it really mm. is it's also like inventive and has like a lot of interesting you know musicianship going on mm-hmm. you know like talent and so I'm I'm realizing like wow like this is gonna annoy so many people like duh Haley but um, <laughs> I really went through a pop track of like really getting into like the Ramon side of things and moving in that direction and just like if it wasn't upbeat and poppy I wasn't that into it mm-hmm. um I mean, obviously I like more aggressive punk too, but the way my music has progressed, it really has kind of gone in a pop direction. And I think now I'm craving like something a little bit more discordant and, and intellectual and mm-hmm. um, that they're like hitting it for me. So I've been actually listening to them. Um, nice. Not as much as I should, because <laughs> I have it yet. <laughs> that's a fabulous question. I'm going to ask other musicians that because there's always that band that you kind of almost feel bad that you're not listening to them. Yeah, they're they're the bands that I feel bad for not liking, and then I. <laughs> well, if we're not liking, I mean, I like them. I just don't listen to them. What, what's, yeah, what's the yours? replacements is you nailed it. The the replacements. My shout out to Richard Jankovich of a Big Mother Gig, a friend of mine. He is the most diehard uh, replacements fan that I know, and he tells me all the time, "Listen to listen to this album, listen to that one, blah blah blah." And he's telling me history about them and everything. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. I have a friend who does that with me in Fugazi. He's a little older than me. And Fugazi. I'm like, repeater, that's it. I don't yeah. need any more than that. It's fine. There's nothing yeah. else there. Um, <laughs> Fugazi's the other one for me. It's like, it's like I, I love Minor Threat. I know they're very different, but oh man, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I swear yeah. I'll get to it. And There's- like some like old, I don't know, some, uh, 
I don't know, maybe a lot of like Motown stuff, like beyond the hits going, okay. going into like deep cuts of like, yeah, I don't know, maybe more, I could listen to something beyond the greatest hits of Sam Cooke, you know, yeah. I could listen to some- <laughs> or Sam and Dave, which is like always my go-to I love Sam and Dave. Mm, yeah. But it's yeah. like, oh, I'll get to it. But yeah. You feel bad every day that you don't do it's- it. You just gotta wait till that part in your like the, you're in that part of life where that music is ready for you. I, mm-hmm. I believe that because I've had so many different musical like adventures. Like I was in a bluegrass band for a while. I was in a country band for a while. You know, I was in a punk band for a while. I was in a band called Magazine Dirty that was very like Iggy and the Stooges kind of thing meets like maybe more of a hardcore thing. And like it, it's like it comes to you when you're ready for it. And we can't listen to everything all at once. So yeah. I give you this as like, just, it's okay. I give you permission to ignore certain things. <laughs> I do the same thing. But I will say like, we do have a, a, a inside joke at the Kane compound here, the Crusher compound. And that is anytime a band is really political and their lyrics are very, very, um, they're very in that era. So it's like, you know, the, the songs that are like, you know, like fuck Reagan or like, <laughs> Maggie's a wanka, whatever. We always, <laughs> laugh, we always laugh at those because it is so hard to get invested in mm-hmm. something that is so like of that era. And if it's humorless and it's political and it's of the eighties, it's almost like so. It's like so annoying. It's great. So that mm. that is one thing that I feel like makes it. It's like a barrier to like get into a band sometimes when you're like, this is too of the era. I don't even know if I can really like. I don't know if I can relate yeah. to that. I'm not all adult. It's not way too adult. topical. Yeah, exactly. It's way too topical. That said, I do love bands that do that throw in little pop culture references. And I do try to do that. Mm-hmm. Like on Vintage Millennial, I have a song called uh, Should Have Been Shangela, which is about how I thought the drag queen Shangela should have won over Trixie Mattel in RuPaul's Drag Race season, whatever, uh-huh. season or whatever it was, All Stars. And it's a total like reference of the time. And Maybe I made the song vague enough that you would never know, but in my mind, it's about Shangela, the drag queen, and how she <laughs> won drag race. So, so that's a very specific, like that's down yes. to a season, down to a decision. Right. When people right. listen to this in the future, it's gonna be like, okay, I know what year this was out. Hey, if people are gonna make specific things about Reagan, then I can make a specific thing about RuPaul. That's just how I feel about life. <laughs> We need more color and like more joy in the world. And we all know, I mean, I, I, there's a place for political music, but um, you know, it's not been played over here. Just not. Yeah. It's yeah, you're right. It's, there's definitely a place for it, but when it turns into like, I was going through Frank Zappa's discography a few years ago and it was beyond all the experimental wacky stuff. It was like very political kind of dry humor and it's like there's a place for this but I'm gonna skip these records for a little while because I can't do this right now <laughs> like, I have to research so much to understand the context of what you're talking about yeah and it's like beyond the beyond the regular you know cultural references he you know shits all over LA and like the people in LA in the 60s and every Laurel Canyon and all that though he was 100% a part of it but um fun though like I do like a little drama a little you know yeah (laughs) (laughs) it keeps it interesting for sure you know all those bands you know they were all friends but they weren't but they were but I think the the moral of the story is you know trying to make it a little bit more universal you know try I'm trying to do that more I think you know 
I think that's, those are the songs that really impact people the most. Mm -hmm. you know? Do you see, like, do you ever see somebody in the back of the crowd and you're just like, I'm going to get you? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's what Billy Zoom does. If you've ever seen X, I don't know if you've seen X before, but Billy Zoom. No, I haven't seen X. He will no. find a person and then he will look at them and he will put this crazy smile on his face. He looks like howdy doody or like something like a demonic howdy doody. <laughs> <laughs> or like Bob's big boy or something. And he like just plays and he just like looks at that person. And it's, I've always wanted to be that person. I've seen it. <laughs> but no, that's what, that was, that's what he does. But no, I mean, it's, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of lights in your face and you can't even tell what the hell is going on. I mean, I try to freak people out. You know, Dr. Kane's really the one to ask because actually he was just saying at the Viper room, he, he likes to just get really like in people's faces. So he had the bass guitar and he was just shoving it into the security guard's face. And like, <laughs> and the other thing about Dr. Kane is he wasn't even a bass player. He's a guitar player who picked up the bass. And so he, people were like, dude, you're such a good bass player. You're so good, man. Like, how do you do that? How do you get there, get your tone? And he's just going, he's just going wild on this thing. He doesn't know exactly what he's doing. He's doing a great job. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing so he's like extra noodling he's like bam 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 and doing all this crazy noodling in this guy's face like just really acting like he's just playing the shit out of his face in his face and then the security guard had a complete like just no expression the entire time that he was doing this and so <laughs> <laughs> after the show i remember uh, him <laughs> you do okay yeah stone face security guy just completely stone face oh, and yeah. after the show um dr kane was telling me he was laughing he's like yeah, I thought that guy was pissed at me, but he comes up after the show, the security guard's like, that was the coolest thing anyone's ever done. I loved it. You're so cool. Can I kiss you? Like, <laughs> and it just makes you goes to show sometimes if you think you're just being a weirdo and you're like getting in someone's face, sometimes it like really, they love it and they just hey, don't know how to react. Because a lot of times I'll try, here's the thing, I'm really clumsy. So if I put my my boot up on like the monitor like be like I'm shredding I'll probably fall over so <laughs> I get, get up into that front row to really get in their face too much now it's a, kind of a small stage right yeah I mean it always feels small too because we got one guy jumping around and I'm really clumsy so I'm 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 usually like somehow hitting myself with a symbol. I'm like, how did I do that? Like, why am I, how did I get over to the drum kit? <laughs> it's always a little chaos, you know, we're oh, very, yeah. I think we're pretty chaotic. Um, you know, we have our crap together, but we're, we're, we're a chaos bomb for sure. <laughs> it's, it's amazing to me every time I see a band that, that is actually active on stage, they don't run into each other more often. And <laughs> It really doesn't happen that often. The bands are really good, at least the bands that I catch, like punk I, bands, any kind of band that moves around, that they're just not hitting each other. I would I would propose it's happening more than you think it is because they're playing it off like it's not happening. Like I definitely <laughs> hit my head into John Miller, my other guitar player's he, um, headstock at some point, mm. or he hit me. And I was just played off like it was nothing, you know? And <laughs> I think that we get used to that. And also there's so much adrenaline that I feel like, yeah, you fall over or do something stupid or hit, you know, you hit each other, but you just completely bounce off. It's almost like people that get in car wrecks, but they're so like gelatinous in the air that they just like, yeah. don't hurt themselves like when I'm on stage I become like <laughs> like a thrashing around you know, like I like wind up with bruises but I'm like wow I didn't I didn't even know that happened on stage so yeah didn't even hear that thunk. right but we're all getting brain damage for sure I think, I think every band and you know what every band is messing up right you know that 
Oh know. yeah, but come on. I think I think your your brain never know. Yeah, yeah. They play it off so quickly you don't even notice it, or you wouldn't have noticed it anyway because you're so into it. Right. That's true. I like yeah. to think about that. Yeah, unless you have somebody next to you just calling out all the issues <laughs> that are wrong with. Right. Well, there's always the other musicians watching you and you're like, God damn it. Because those are the guys like we talked about earlier with like the checklists that are yeah. like, I know they caught that, but whatever. <laughs> they hate themselves. It's fine. I was talking to a a friend, uh, Jake Engels, shout out to him too, um, about just that. I was like, do you guys hate photographers in your face? And we were talking about that specifically. And he's like, no, who I hate are the musicians in my face standing like this and just talking to each other just talking shit he's like i know what they're saying i know what's wrong right now and like, i don't want to hear it that's <laughs> what we have a song called cool is the new lame off of our album cool lame and that's exactly what that song's about arms crossed in the back look so cool head to toe in all black and then one of the one of the lines is like what's that so bored they were way better on their last tour <laughs> what this guy is saying and this guy, in my mind, is like very normcore, you know, <laughs> he's able to even have a style. And he's just, like you said, he's in the back and you know, he's just like clocking all the stupid things you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always the other musicians. I mean, musicians are trash. They really <laughs> want to have a good friend, get, get somebody else. Have a, get, be friends with a chef or a mechanic or anyone else. I feel like musicians are so the tortured and like weird and like our industry is so like not valued that like we're all just like psychologically like trying to find validation in these weird ways Mm -hmm. it's it's all the whole industry even just the diy stuff it's like there there's all these weird pitfalls you know oh yeah i mean it's good it's best just not to get involved with any of it (laughs) yeah just play and enjoy yourself and write right try not to think too hard about the people in the back oh yeah There's always gonna be people that's for sure right oh yeah you're not gonna get rid of them especially at you know cheaper shows where people are just going to hang out yeah and it's like at a certain price point it's like well they're still gonna talk shit never mind uh, <laughs> they're always gonna podcaster, talk. i mean this is a free podcast like i have a podcast i feel like sometimes i'm like if you're hate listening to this wow like yeah i'm gonna clap <laughs> for that because that's awesome yeah i want to talk to those well i want to talk at those people like yeah right. keep listening you're wasting right. your time these right. go for hours <laughs> i always wonder like how much of like online personas is like people just hate watching or, or hate hate liking or hate scrolling you know because it's not like we're more positive online than we are in real life it's we're exactly the same we're, we're both good and bad and i wonder sometimes like how much of the whole industry is just like I mean, it's got to be a lot of it is like comparison or like people just checking in on the Joneses, like, you know, people Mm. do. It's, I mean, that's got to be like half of all the engagement is like people trying to one up each other or whatever. And it's just like another way for people to like make themselves miserable. (laughs) (laughs) And um, what's her name from um, the kills? Uh, um, I forget her name. She was on, they were on Anthony Bourdain's show a few years ago. And um, she was talking about how the scene in Nashville, everybody's trying to one up each other. And the, she, she said the running joke is like, how many musicians, how many Nashville musicians does it take to change a light bulb? And like one to change it and 20 standing around to say, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But it's true. I think 
don't ever take advice from anybody on the sidelines. I think if they're in the game and they have skin in the game, those are the people you want to be surrounding yourself with and taking advice from and collaborating with because they're the ones out there doing their thing. Mm -hmm. And there's always those people that are on the sidelines of the arena and they may talk real loud, but they're not in the arena with you. And I Mm -hmm. think that's one of the biggest things I've learned along the journey of just being an artist and being self-employed and and being a DIY person is there's always going to be stuff that could be pointed out as bad or wrong that you're doing. But as long as that person's not doing it themselves, I don't need their advice, you know? Right. It's like, who asked you? (laughs) Right. And there's just so many people out there that I think, you know, they just really want to be doing something different, but they're too scared. And so Mm. I would encourage people that maybe relate to what we're talking about now. And they're like, oh, that's kind of me. It's like, hey, just check yourself. What do you want to do? Like, go and do that and keep your, you know, I always say, keep, 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 keep on your own yoga mat, you know, (laughs) stay on your own yoga mat. Namaste. (laughs) Stay in your own lane and look at what you're doing and just allow that. That is like the joy of life is to like, you know, do a little bit better than yesterday. I mean, there's really nothing more else you can do than just try to improve. Like I want to be a better songwriter. I want every song or album we do to be better. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of what, that's what makes me want to do it, you know? And it's truly what you've been doing too. I got to say, listening to everything going through everything you have, uh, at least on Spotify. Uh, I noticed you have, it looked like you had way more on Bandcamp too. Um, it's just gotten, I, I see those steps like throughout history that you're going to, and you're like, you're constantly bridging generational gaps, but like wow. little by little. And it's really, really interesting because it's constant. It, it, you're speaking to everybody uh, from four decades at least. And it's just, it's <laughs> awesome, you know? such a great compliment thank you oh that, yeah that's wonderful I mean the our truth. demographic is a little older our demographic's like 35 to 55 percent <laughs> these days I listen to rock music or rock based music and so mm-hmm. um I appreciate that I think um that's just a really that's really sweet and and I would I would definitely agree with you it's like we might have put stuff out there earlier than we should have, but I think every band kind of does. And if mm. you show your work, it's kind of like better for everyone. Cause then you're like, Hey, this is where we started. It sounds like a demo. It's not great. You know, this is what we mm. could do. This is what we could like cobble together. And it kind of shows other people that they could do it too. Mm. You know, you listen to the Ramones first album and it's not perfect. And mm. actually any, any, any older record is going to have mistakes on it and things that are like considered blemishes or whatever. And I, I'm, I'm inspired by that. So I hope that like the progression can be something people can see and be like, wow, they're really improving because I think every time we do a song and a record, we are definitely like, how can we make it better? And how can we like step it up? And our record label kitten robot records, I have to shout them out. I mean, they're mm-hmm. a huge part of why we are, improving um i mean we work with uh, paul rossler he um he's from the screamers from mm. the 1977 punk la punk scene and he's also 122 hours of fear yes. screamers yes. yeah <laughs> yes um it's a shame that there's not more recordings of them that that's a big recording that they have that's those available. are hard to find yeah but that's all they have really i think um there's no not a lot of it, but when you, when you actually read books about the early LA punk scene, like under the, under the big black sun and some other ones like that, um, everyone's saying they were influenced by the screamers from their, they had like, you know, their stage antics and their, um, almost like art, like, what am I trying to say? Um, art, 
performance art oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, they were really influential. But anyways, uh, Paul Rossler, he's also just an amazing producer. He also makes his own music. He also produces Josie Cotton. And he's been incredible because he understands both pop music and punk music. And that's, we, we try to stride that line. And so he's been phenomenal. And then, you know, working at Kitten Robot um, Studio in LA has been wonderful. Josie has created this amazing studio that's just like, I don't know, it's got a really great feel. It's got, it's just we're, we're doing good stuff there. And so, mm. um, it's not like, it's just, you know, us just like magically like sounding better. I mean, a lot of what makes bands sound better is obviously the people they're surrounding themselves with and like the opportunities that come from, from that, you know? <laughs> so mm. I want people to know that like, yeah, we are definitely, um, we're, we probably spent more money than we ever have on this new record, um, that's coming out. And, who knows that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good but um we definitely have a lot of skin in the game and like we're really trying to up it to the point where like yeah maybe these could be played more like we have some serious xm radio play mm -hmm. uh, and we like that and yeah. it could be on the radio like you said to like have the grandfather and the grandkid listen at the same time like maybe maybe that is possible so, <laughs> you know, well, we really do want to do that yeah well the crowd at, at viper room is a pretty mixed bag <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, I would say a lot of that was um, nerf herder, wouldn't you say? Yeah, <laughs> that was that's a good point. Yeah, because yeah. it was um, aging from I don't know twenty five to sixty plus. Right. I think. Right. It's funny because yeah, we were like the young band there, and I'm like thirty, almost thirty five. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the Viper Room was a great show. It was incredible. I mean, saying goodbye to that venue and it was a great crowd and like. Nerf Herder is a really interesting band and I was really admiring them when they were playing. I was thinking, and we're going to play with them in Chicago over in the summer as well. Um, mm -hmm. I was thinking to myself, you know, they get a lot of credit for like almost creating or being a huge part of that, like nerd culture, mm -hmm. as you probably know, like the kind of Weezer, like we are nerds and we're cool with it. And like, we're going to sing about it. And we're going to yeah. sing about Viking Rush and we're going to sing about Dr. Spock and we're going to sing about not having girls like us. Um, I, I was thinking like, what a, what a like actually very scary thing for them to probably have done at that time in the sense that like, <laughs> that hadn't been done. And we're kind of doing a spinoff of that. Like we are not cool. We're fun and weird and hopefully funny. And it's kind of scary for us sometimes. Cause we're like, Oh, everyone wants you to be cool and sexy and like, whatever, like a hot, sexy teen, basically everybody's mm. a hot, sexy teen in LA. <laughs> and, and it just made me think like, you know, these guys really do deserve a lot of credit for, for just owning who they are. And it makes sense why their audience is so rabid and loyal because they felt seen. They were like, I am, well, there was this, what is the thing about jerking off into a tube sock? I am <laughs> a tube sock <laughs> thinking about Princess Leia. <laughs> I'm so sorry I said this on your podcast. No, say what you want. But like how seen did these people feel? And it made me like, feel like, you know what? I do want to do that for our quote unquote fans, whatever you want to call them. I, I do want to be like, Hey, I see you. And yeah, you're weird and different. And like, we're in this together. And I just, I did, I was really struck by that. I don't know if you stayed for the whole thing, but I, I really was like, wow, I admire that. Nerf yeah. Her. I stayed for a little bit of it and it's cause they've been around for yes how long now? Yeah. yeah early 90s yeah because that be, that was still a thing I think it was like a mid-aughts do you remember MC Chris he was one of those guys that like yeah. 
I'm yeah. like, hey, bubble gum and taffy. Yeah. <laughs> heart sandy. Uh oh, polio. Yeah. yeah. I love Aqua Teen Hunger Force. So that yeah, was- yeah, exactly. What was it? MCP pants. MCP pants. Yes. Yes. Um, but he was the best. And he, he was like, he made a lot of friends uh, feel seen too. I wasn't so much into a lot of his references. I was like, strictly into like star trek and that's kind of it and and star wars but then he had all these video game references and things like that where we're like yeah these people feel like nerds but man there's this there's this guy or there's this band you know just singing about what i want to hear and right yeah it, it's a beautiful thing i must be a real nerd because i just think you guys are all awesome <laughs> I, didn't totally. even, I didn't even notice it's just like I mean, it's just great it's really smart it's really smart and it's really cool and I think, yeah, that's like the, that's, that's what I would tell any younger band is like, Hey, find out who your audience is and then speak directly to them and just make sure it's a specific audience that you really like. And that you mm. would be stoked if like 20 of those people came to your show, you'd be like, yeah, I'm so stoked. Cause these people are cool. Yeah. You know, it's always the worst when you like, you don't want to attract creepers. You don't want to attract like, you know, these people yeah. are, like hitting people or, you know, being weird or predatory or whatever. I do like now that there is a place in like punk rock for strong women leading women to take the stage and for people to feel like more like they're just gonna have a good time at the show and not mm-hmm. have to deal with a bunch of bullshit oh yeah kind of come along with some of these like you know different genres so yeah yeah isn't there oh, man i can't remember if i saw this or if if I was there at the show or if I just saw it, there was a, some ass grabber at a punk show and he was called out immediately and kicked out. <laughs> and it's like, yes, that's awesome. I mean, that's how it should be. Would have gotten away with that. That's how it should be. Oh, I should say one quick thing about the Viper Room show. Not that anyone cares because it already happened. But <laughs> apparently, so Weird Al Yankovic and D- Dr. Demento are both on Nerf Herder's new record and Weird Al was supposed to come to the show. I guess <gasps> he was nearby. I know. <laughs> And um, he had another engagement, so he couldn't make it. But that like blew my mind because I remember Dr. Demento. I had like a Dr. Demento CD and it had like Weird Al songs on it. And it had like Cheech and Chong on it. And it was like one of those things that like I would hear on the radio and like really late at night if we were on a long car drive with the family. I don't know if you like ever listen to Dr. Demento show. Um, but Not me, but my mom always told me about him. <laughs> and it just made me, it just it was one of those things where I was like, oh, like sometimes you play shows and like, there's like these misconnections and you're just like, oh, if only I could have met Weird Al. Oh, um, yeah. It is one of those things where it's like, if, it, if it's bound to happen, it's bound to happen. You know. In that case, I'm kind of glad I had to leave early. <laughs> I guess it didn't matter. One time I- You didn't miss Weird Al. Reed's like that about, Dr. Kane's like that about wrestlers. Like he loves wrestlers. Like He's obsessed with like all sorts of wrestlers. So I think that's like his like celebrity thing. Oh yeah. I just went to my first wrestling show in at the glass house in Pomona. Uh, Prestige wrestling was putting it on and I had never heard of this organization. I, I only know WWE and yeah. only by name. I never really got into wrestling, but it was the coolest shit I've ever seen. Like, this is so much fun. Was it theatrical? <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, like that that's the stuff that he likes. And, mm. and he actually tell he always tells me like be yourself but like up to 11 because that's what wrestlers do. And like if you watch him on stage, he's like a heel. You know, he really is like kind of like a Ric Flair or something. Like mm. very like look at me and I'm a badass and he's just, you know, strutting around and there's a lot to be learned from like the whole wrestling 
genre. Like I would love to do like cut promos or whatever they do, where they're like, you know, yeah, calling you out for giving you the people's elbow. Yeah, I mean, give the people a show. Give the people a show. And that was another sort of like like a nerd culture kind of thing. Like this was a very niche group of people that, that I saw there, like very specific into wrestling, into other things, I'm sure. But like all these people are into wrestling. Like these are all diehard fans. They spend money to be here. They want right. to be entertained and they are loving every minute of this. And every wrestler outside of the performance were the nicest people ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like very unexpected. It's like, if I met Lemmy, I would, you know, love to meet Lemmy, you know, before he passed, but I imagine he's, he was probably kind of a dick. Oh, well, <laughs> he did do a lot of speed. So. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if I found out he was the nicest guy ever, like I met Gary Newman um, oh. a few years ago and he, I thought he was going to be a total, like, I don't know. I thought it was going to just be a kind of a reclusive yeah, kind weirdo. of like mean weirdo. Yeah. And he was the nicest guy, a family man, like, <laughs> just wanted to chat about music and I'm like wow yeah I'm sure you you know you interview people uh like you just meet people sometimes and you're and you just realize they're people yeah that's the whole thing you're just like wow you're a person it's it's shocking sometimes I agree <laughs> it's, it is shocking yeah it's some of those that you meet in person that it's there's like oh depending on the circumstances maybe I'm bugging you or you know well, that sort of thing you never know like how many people have tried to approach that person you know, that whole yeah. day week, you know. And you're I mean, the 10th one. Yeah, you're the 10th one and you're going to get like the face to the head thing. So, you know, you just got to, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> can't take it personally. But not even a celebrity. I mean, being famous must really suck. I mean, I can't even imagine how sucky that would be. Like people are like thinking all these weird things about you and projecting things onto you all the time. And you're just trying to buy salami at the store. <laughs> trying to project you know telling you how they saved your life or whatever and, <laughs> and all that stuff's great but I mean there's something really nice about like toiling in obscurity as we do and mm. I appreciate that the orange hair definitely throws people they know it's me sometimes mm -hmm. if I'm gonna be in that city or I'm like you know b before a show or something so I've thought about like maybe I'll just like get some sort of like throw you know some sort of disguise to throw people off like I'll get like a I don't know definitely not an opera <laughs> but because um, <laughs> the stupid orange hair I swear it that does kind of screw you a little bit it's kind of like a flag I, I saw you in the beginning of the show you were like just making your rounds and I was gonna I was like all right I'll bug her later I just saw your hair just like circling the crowd yeah. <laughs> I was well, like, I was oh there she is there she is so I brought both my dogs earlier in the van and like I had two little chihuahuas and I was walking them like around the venue a bunch and like a lot of people are, during the show were like were you walking your dog earlier I just <laughs> a weird lady with orange hair so. <laughs> well where you were like it that's you weren't the only one I'm sure yeah yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sure you weren't I don't even think you were the only one with colored hair, hair in the no. in the venue Oh no. Yeah. I, this is what I worry about when I move to like um, Detroit. It's like, do people have crazy colored hair out there? I don't even know. California, as you know, is like your, your bank teller has neck tattoos. Like, I, <laughs> and that's new. That's a new development. Dude, yeah. yeah. It's bizarre. Like it really, I mean, I, we're around the same age. So it's like, yeah, it's like, re, I remember late nineties, if you had a tattoo, you were like serious jail time had occurred or something like, Mm -hmm. you know, stay away from that guy like he's got a 
one Tasmanian devil on his table. <laughs> the most benign drawing. Yeah. And now it's like, and I, I mean, it's cool. I mean, gender, what's that? Um, mm-hmm. You know, look however you want to look. Like, I, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a hot topic, hot topic fantasy, like hot topic took over the world. And now yeah. it's like, if you're normal looking, you're, you're kind of weird. So maybe <laughs> can't be a bad thing but I'm sure we'll look back like you know 30 years from now like you know you look at like the 50s or 60s the iconic fashion of the time and it's all galvanized and there's like the Marilyn Monroe look and the Audrey Hepburn look it's going to be like the e-girl look with like, <laughs> and, like she's wearing like a Lolita dress and like, <laughs> it's going to be like you know what I mean or just like, yeah. like the, the the David Beckham look the tattoos everywhere and like you know this was like the era of like ultimate you know, debauchery and self self expression, and everybody had everything pierced, and I don't know. I like oh, to yeah. think about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we saw it. Like, have you been wearing glasses long? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when glasses? Well, uh, the lensless glasses were cool. Oh yeah. Uh, way after uh, we were called four eyes and. Oh yeah. I had those. I want to <laughs> let this be known. I'm actually not a nerd. You're what? <laughs> I'm not a nerd. Um, <laughs> I'm a weirdo. <laughs> I'm actually, so I didn't get glasses till I was in my late twenties. So mm. I, I actually can't like claim that flag, like be oh, like, gotcha. I had glasses. and I wasn't considered a nerd. I was more of a weirdo. So um, <laughs> I just want to make that clear. I don't want people to think I'm, no, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely had like the pink, um, like hot topic, like no lenses in there for a yeah. while. And I want, I'm just bringing it out there because I know eventually when I run for office, somebody's going to like find that and be like, she wore lensless glasses. How can you trust her? (laughs) (laughs) Someone will try to pull that. I mean, (laughs) I'm sure you did some cringy shit too. Oh my God. I had so Oh, I definitely did. Yeah. I I used to, I didn't, I didn't sew my patches on my jacket. I just put safety pins. I got made fun of by every punk I ever met. (laughs) Just like trying to save like, a week of time it's so hard to and you know yeah I just didn't want to do it yeah I I I feel for you I wouldn't have made fun of you for that Um, (laughs) it's okay other people did for you (laughs) (laughs) I did I did get teased though I did I'm not saying I didn't I was definitely not popular I wear Hmm. so I have a cheerleading outfit I do wear on stage that has crushers on it and I feel like when I wear it I'm like taking back my high school history like no I'm popular I'm a cheerleader now like and it's yeah hell yeah <laughs> that's great that's how you feel, do it right I feel like really like I feel good I'm like oh yeah I'm like one of the cool kids now yeah so. that's how I felt by not getting LASIK when everybody was getting LASIK right. I was yeah, like I'm just gonna keep these <laughs> you fought too hard yeah too hard yeah more or less <laughs> <laughs> well Haley thank you so much for doing this this was fun this was such a pleasure. Thank you oh, so much for having me. It was me. mine. Yeah, anytime. And I'll catch you in Detroit soon, you hopefully. Yeah, oh, yeah, when you come visit. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> and when you play. <laughs> and when I actually see a bill. <laughs> Show well, me a bill. I firmly believe that it only takes one friend to, like, make anything happen. Like, every single thing that's happened with this band has been, mm. like, one friend, one person, one person believed in us, one person... So like, I can be that one person in Detroit. If you ever want to come visit, I will be Hell that yeah. you, you know? And I'll be your friend in Pomona. Anytime oh. you want to play a show here, we've got a few venues or just hang out. We've got some cool stuff to do. That's so awesome. Yeah, of course. Hey. <laughs> well, thanks so much.
It was a pleasure. Yeah, likewise.